Welcome to the Get Social Dublin Invest in Your Community podcast series. I'm Michelle Acharity and in this series we'll be telling the stories of a number of social entrepreneurs in Dublin and the people they support. Why they started, what gets them up in the morning, what their biggest challenges are and why they need your support. Social enterprises are businesses that use their profits to improve the lives of people and create positive change in the community. Doing business with a social enterprise means you're making a real difference. To show your support for this podcast series, share your purchase or interaction with a social enterprise in Dublin on social media, along with the hashtag GetSocialDublin. This project was approved by the government with support from the Dormant Accounts Fund. In our fifth and last social enterprise podcast, as part of the Get Social Dublin Invest in Your Community series, we are chatting about the increasing number of social enterprises emerging in the leisure and fitness industry proving there is room to innovate and bring more unique offerings. Most aim to be affordable, have a deeper impact on members than a fitter body. They're trying to strengthen their communities and provide sustainable jobs, training and fantastic volunteering opportunities. I would like to welcome Sinead Ryan from Little Fitness and Brian Cook from Parkit. And I'd like to ask them to introduce themselves now. Sinead. So hi, I'm Sinead. I'm founder of Little Fitness. Um, Little Fitness is a social enterprise. It's fun educational fitness programs for children who are experiencing homelessness and living in marginalised communities. I'm Brian, please, if you could introduce Park Hit. Yes, I'm Brian. I'm the founder of Park Hit. Uh, Park Hit's vision is to advance physical, mental and social well-being for people of all ages and backgrounds around Ireland. And we do that through our free weekly workouts in local parks. And, and the big, hairy, audacious goal is, is to bring Parkit nationwide. I'm so happy you said that. I'm always trying to get social enterprise to talk about their big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> nobody ever wants to. So you've, ma- you've, you've made my day now. <laughs> yeah. So as each day, as you, you deal with the complexities of managing a social enterprise, do you think social enterprises need to become more business savvy and more deliberate in their social impact? Or how do you find that as a daily challenge? Um, I think for social enterprises and particularly for myself and just the experience of talking to other founders and people that are working through it, there is a lot involved in it, um, especially the business side and especially then on the social side. So there is a nice connection for businesses and social enterprises to come together. And I think um, by working with other groups, that has been seen and that that's something that's been worked upon. Um, like for me, you know, Coming into the social enterprise space was new and um, a lot of learnings, but also a lot of networking and meeting with other people with different expertise that can help you. And that's what's key. And I suppose fascinating for me is how I found that there's so many people that want to help you. Like anybody, I, I haven't had somebody say to me, you know, that no, I, I couldn't help you there. They're, they're always trying to allocate time. They're always trying to fit you into schedule. And I suppose I do that, whereas I don't see what I'm actually doing. But, you know, when you're when you're getting it back in other ways, that was like originally when I started off was overwhelming because I was like, why do people want to help me? Do you know, I was like, why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? But, you know, as I've come through over the past year or two, realized people be- like I've the belief in my program, but the people that I've been talking to have the belief in the program. So, um, 
yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting combination. I think the social enterprise space and the and business Sinead, space. do you think it's because you've you've seen this and witnessed this phenomenal goodwill? Do you think it's because people have understood the impact that you're making? Can they see that your what your social mission is that that it's very clear for them what you're doing and why you're doing it? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think particularly as well because I, I again. I'm a parent of um, children and I think anybody that has children and realise the time and effort that you put into bringing your children to activities and then when they hear what Little Fitness is trying to do for children just that don't have that access, that don't have that sense of community, that don't feel that they can be part of groups, people realise actually you know, I could help this girl. I could do something for her. And, you know, again, that's why I'm here as well, because I do need help and I do need people to get behind Little Fitness, be it like an insurance, be a sponsorship or be it through the CSR policy um, because there is a needs there. And um, yeah, that's that's why I'm here. And Brian, on that note, can I ask you, we were discussing earlier on about your business model and I think it would be really, really beneficial to the general community to policymakers, to procurement, to understand and for people in general public to really understand if you could talk us a little bit through your own business model yeah. and then how you find it being yourself that you have to manage the, the revenue side along with the social mission that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, so so as I said, Parkett's social mission is to, you know, bring free workouts to local communities. So you know, we remove the intimidation barrier by uh, it's body weight only exercises. We show people how easy resistance exercise is. Uh, we also remove the financial barrier. Uh, so Parkit weekend workouts are completely free and always will be. So we welcome people into local parks at the weekend, introduce them to the importance of resistance exercise. But the, the key, the goal is like they should be doing at least one more session per week, certainly according to World Health Organization, according to Healthy Ireland as well. So our business model effectively is the weekend workouts, as I said, are free and always will be. But we want to generate revenue. We want to create employment, job opportunities and and get that back into local communities. And so we do that through working with companies. So during the week, we offer service, we offer park it services. Like we'll, co- we'll send one of our coaches to your site, to your location, paid classes, paid park it classes. And the way the, uh, it breaks out is we, we give, we're able to give back some money to those coaches who've been volunteering at park it sessions at the weekend. So they get some uh, payback and then park it gets some revenue then as well. So when it's win-win for the company, it's win-win for the, the coach who's you know, getting a little back for their, their volunteering efforts. And it's win-win for Park It, for park it then as well, because we're generating some revenue. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot in the social enterprise world around donut economics. And that's what it sounds like. It's this kind of circular economic circle where everybody is feeding in. So although mm-hmm. your trainers are coming during the week and delivering that service to corporates, it's so that people at the weekends can then, that may not be able to pay those charges, will be able to come along and still benefit from the social exercise. Mm-hmm. And... Can you tell me, I'm going to ask both of you, how, in your opinion, does sport benefit communities and then specifically who you are working with? So, for example, I know, Sinead, that you're working a lot with the, in the homeless hubs and I'd like if you can explain that. But then, Brian, also, if you take like, how would people know? And secondly, Brian, if you could answer me then when I'm very interested in finding out about the social mission. So the corporates that are participating during the week that are working as part of their as part of their work, do they get the social mission? Do they understand by the fact that they're paying that helps secure your financial business model mm-hmm. and that you have the revenue to then to deliver free of charge for other people so they realise that the social benefit if you could both talk me through that if I start with Sinead please Okay so I, I suppose for me um, look since I was young 
fitness and being part of a team and part of a sport is what has always driven me and I understand but what it is to be part of a group or be part of a team um, and linking in with the emergency accommodations has shown me that there's children living in these services that aren't getting access to programmes. So there's currently 2,548 children living in homeless services and they're children that we know of. There's other children out there that aren't, you know, aren't registered um, and part of families that aren't registered. So those children are there. They're our neighbours, they're your sister, they're your brother. We're not immune to like homelessness. And that's the other reality as well. The children that are in these services, the parents that are in these services, they want their children to have access to programmes exactly like I do for my girls, like you would and like yourself. So it it's really important, not only for the physical aspect, but it's also for the mental health and the social aspect. And in particular, in looking at the emergency accommodation services, you're bringing children together that normally wouldn't actually um, communicate together. They may, mightn't see each other. So you're opening up um, a programme to children where they're coming together. They're mixing. It doesn't matter where they're from, what their religion is. They're there and they're getting access to a fun, inclusive programme. And that's what's really important for me. And also, I mean, there's research out there that shows how beneficial being part of physical activity is for an adult. It's really, really important to have that as a child. And especially as we come out through the pandemic, we've all suffered um, in relation to our mental health and being confined to two kilometres. These families not only had to go through them restrictions, they've had to go through the restrictions of the services as well. So it's twofold. It has been really, really, really difficult for them. Um, And what I'm seeing now is the services is that there's families there children there that want to engage that are so happy that you're there um, and just so thankful that there's an opportunity for their kids and the kids are so happy that they get to be part of a group and they're linking in with other children so and that to me is really really important before you even start a program knowing that the children can come in and they're talking to other children and then it's right let's go and we're we're doing our little fitness and that's really key as well and Brian how have you found from from that side what do you when so during the week, if it's corporate, so it's part of their work that they're offered this. But how do you, where are the people coming from that benefit at the weekends? It's, it's, it's a great mix. Uh, people of all backgrounds and all ages as well, which we're really delighted about. Because physical activity is so important for everyone. And the reality is that we, as kind of Sinead is touching on, like we, don't, we don't actually exercise enough in Ireland. And, and when we do, uh, it's often it's the cardiovascular exercise that gets the most attention. That's really important, of course. It's keeping us alive. It's your heart health. You know, but equally important is the resistance exercise. So just getting people out in something as simple as something like a park kit workout. So you're getting your bit of physical activity. So you're getting your, your physical exercise. You're, you're working towards meeting your, your minimum um, kind of standard. But you're also you're getting outside in nature. So it's great for your, your mental well-being. You're meeting new people as well, your local community. And some of our locations offer like a, a coffee or a porridge afterwards. So it's that social connection afterwards as well. So that's that's really aligned with our mission, the physical, mental and social well-being aspect. And I think you asked as well, do corporates get the social mission? I'll be perfectly honest. I do not do a good enough job in in promoting that. I really need to kind of a few the few of them that do that have signed up do, they get it and they really want it and they keep coming back from and they could look we're, we're a bit more expensive probably than 
maybe uh, in another another smaller organization or a company delivery. can they see that value do they understand why I, that I, is I haven't promoted that well enough and that's why I'm getting involved with like, Get Social Dublin it's a brilliant initiative I want to get, help get that message out and talk about look well here there are other other companies are available but you want to do something a little bit extra help us help Parkhead grow to more and more parks help us encourage more and more people to volunteer at Parkhead and bring it to more and more locations help us by doing that by you know Paying for paying for classes during the week, getting some of our coaches out to deliver services in your in your organisation. So it's more about for the corporates to understand during the week, and and then for Sinead as well with looking for corporate support or sponsorship. That it's that they may look if they got in similar pitches, they might be thinking if you're looking as a purely value for money exercise, you might think, oh well, is Little Fitness the cheapest and the most cost competitive yeah. or its market? But if they actually look at the social return on investment and realise yes. yeah. the social impact that they are having yeah. and the ripple effect, and yeah. that's the other thing, like mm-hmm. from, you know, knowing what body organisations do, it's how do you capture this in communities, the, the, the difference you're making and that mm-hmm. if we're looking, we in our communities, we have a lot of parents are very concerned about the rates of childhood obesity. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of teaching people to cook or budgeting or different things. And I know there was in the mm-hmm. UK last week, you know, a lot of things about somebody, you know, saying about the cost of living and how people, you know, are maybe causing their own problems. But if we don't think about that and we think about, well, the daily exercise yeah. of children, you know, now with so many people in car, you know, it's it's a pandemic in itself. I've yeah. been talking to people in the local hospitals that are saying, you know, they have children aged four yeah. years of age that are coming in to do exercise. Mm-hmm. And that's part of, so we're looking at systems that are clogged up in a number of ways, yeah. but because they're not getting that physical outlet. How, how do you think, how can we help you? How nationally can we get it out? how important it is. And both of you touched on the point there that also has come up. It was very prevalent before the pandemic and it's even more now around the mental health that people often, it's not having that link, that realising we've so many people that we come across through the local development companies um, in the community that when they engage as part of a programme in physical Mm. exercise, it opens up other doors. It makes, you know, often it can be depression. And, you know, it's not too to minimise any of those other very big challenges mm. but that people we've kind of disconnected because the exercise isn't it just isn't as much yeah, as it used to be and I think it, like a lot of people overthink exercise and overthink nutrition mm. and that's another thing as well and it, like you know part of it is the professionals are to blame mm. we are to blame in one way and then you know the general public are like well what's what, what do you do here and I think if you keep it for me as well about Little Fitness is about being simple and it's about education the children it's not competitive programme so the children are coming and getting to be part of a group but also they're learning and they could be a great coach or could lead them to something else and that's what I want like fitness to be about physical activity about it's not just about like how fast and again like what Brian is doing with Parkhead is really important because you're opening up people that necessarily wouldn't normally join a program and they're feeling actually yes I can do this and then also you know in relation to having the balance it's just simple things with their nutrition and for parents not to overthink and like for me when I talk to parents after the class and they ask me how does such and get on I'm like amazing but the best thing is and what you can do is bring in your child to this programme that's your step don't mm. worry about anything else you know because they try and talk to me about nutrition I'm like no let's just work on the programme and I do touch on nutrition with the children and it opens up different conversations with the parents at home but it's about just getting the parents to engage with the programme, bringing them to the programme and then giving them the opportunity to have time to themselves. So like like that, they even linking in with Aspire, we're running a mindfulness programme and a little fitness programme. It's absolutely like Linda, the CEO from Aspire, she's such a Trojan 
moving forward in relation to children and families on um, the autistic spectrum. So linking in with them has been amazing for me because we're bringing these children that are coming to do little fitness, but then their parents, their caregivers are going and doing mindfulness. Like, I mean, that is like in itself is an amazing opportunity for the caregiver and the child and the parent for the parent to be able to go and have that hour. And I mean, after our session there on Tuesday, one of the parents actually said, you know, I was keeping my ears open. It took me a while to relax. But once I did, it was absolutely amazing. So she gave herself to the class. She was able to say, I can't hear him. And, And like, how long has she been waiting for that? Do you know, like that was so worthwhile for me when I heard her say that to me because like me and Linda were just in awe of that she did it, let him go and for him to be in the programme, in the little fitness programme and for her to be taking her time out and the mindfulness, but just to 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 be able to go with the programme and enjoy the session. Like that's amazing and it makes it feel, it makes me feel everything worthwhile, do you know, and that's what drives you when you have them little conversations um, and it makes you feel like, yes, you're on the right track and you're doing something good. Thank you. And Brian, would you find in that way what it's making me think when Sinead is talking, they were also thinking about the ripple effect that, mm. as you said, you're so busy working on the business every day. Mm. It's hard to be planning, thinking, oh, and we also need to be out there. You know, you need to wear so many hats. So yeah. you're like you're operational, but then you're also expected to be strategic. Yeah. Then you're looking at the financial and then you're looking to put on your sales and marketing yeah. hat and it can be so exhausting already. Yeah. You know, a lot of our founders are suffering from extreme fatigue because they kept, they really struggled through the pandemic to keep yeah. everything going. So what is it as in, you know, Brian, what I've understood is like, so how do you think for both of you, how will you face the idea of if you try to scale because it's your passion is driving mm-hmm. it, but then how do you get people on board as in if we're doing a call out to corporates or a call out to volunteers, what can help you as in one, I'm asking, you know, overall, how do we raise awareness of what social enterprises are achieving? But as I said at the start of this, from that ripple effect that you may, you know, each social enterprise, they always have a social mission. And a lot of them are very cautious saying, look, we know that once you're doing good, it can be Mm. so tempting to have social mission drift and try to do all things once you Mm. cross people. But then on the other hand, there's things that you can do whereby, Sinead, you're going in. And so it's like while you're with the children, but the parents get to do mindfulness so that maybe that night, if something kicks off or something happens, they can deal with it in a much better way. And then, Brian, for you, it's that people that, maybe at home there's a lot of things going on if they get mm-hmm. out we know the benefits so how do you think like what are the benefits that you're seeing for example with the people so one it's the the corporate clients during the week so that they're working up but then at the weekend who is it that's turning up and what are those benefits Brian that you're seeing of them being able to participate in a park hit session oh, it's just well I mean, we get such a we get such a mix which is fantastic I mean you get some people that are fitness fanatics and they love pushing themselves hard and it's just another session they come along to and they they really push themselves hard but a lot of people we get then as well would be they wouldn't have they wouldn't try this thing normally so they're just they're trying it for the first time they don't think they'll be able to do it but the set look the sessions are light we're talking a five minute warm-up 20 minutes of reasonably high intensity and then a five minute warm down then you're done then it's porridge and coffee time and to be honest, for some, for, for quite a few people that come along, the workout itself is actually a bit of an inconvenience before they get to the, have a chat with people over a porridge and a coffee. So it's just, it's very welcoming. It's very open. It's suitable for a mix of fitness levels. It's just, it's just that, it's like, it's a real community kind of spirit. And you're kind of touching on like, what do we need? What's our biggest challenge? I guess our biggest barrier to growth has been um, 
kind of volunteers, right? Because like we have amazing volunteers that run all our park hit sessions, but a little bit unlike, let's say, park run, where anybody could volunteer to lead a park run, our kind of barrier has been that we really need someone who has a fitness qualification and insurance to lead our sessions. Certainly that's the case in the beginning and we do have a community leader program, but that's for a bit further down the line. So we need kind of fitness professionals to say, look, I could lead one session, one session a month will be perfect. I can lead one session a month. We'll take it in turns. We'll get it set up in our local park. And it's the consistency then that's key. It's important we don't just set up once and then, you know, it never happens again. So can we set it up? Uh, can we volunteer once a month, maybe twice a month in the beginning to get it started and then keep that keep that flow going and just keep people turning up uh, the more people the more times you run it the more consistent you are more people will turn up word of mouth spreads like we've had over 50 people on more than um, more than five or six occasions at, at the Phoenix Park location or at St. Anne's they're probably our two most popular locations people just working out in the park on a Saturday or a Sunday morning and then just uh, kind of really enjoying themselves and can you tell me, I'm very interested and I want to come back down on another question, but mm-hmm. so how are you getting that word out? So if mm-hmm. I'm a person in a community, how did I find out about Phoenix Park? How did I find yeah. out about St. Anne's? It's mostly social media at the moment, to be honest with you. So it's at Park Hit, H-I-I-T on, on Instagram, on Twitter. And the best way, like we update it regularly, is just to check if you Google uh, Eventbrite Park Hit, you'll see all the locations that are open. And you, you all the events are free to register for each weekend, but it's just you, you do need to register. So you need to it. know for the numbers. So people exactly. So we can manage it. numbers and so we can check pe- check people in then as well on the morning. You don't need to print anything out. Just just come bring your, bring your, bring your own body weight, as we say, maybe a body of water and uh, and that'll do you and another issue that's come up in a number of social enterprises and what social enterprises are very probably very well placed to cater with within communities is this but a lot of what's gone on from intergenerational and a lot of people are saying look children because of different things family you know they don't maybe have somebody older don't have grandparents mm. or vice versa you had mentioned there that at the weekends it's mixed so what kind of age group is it that's turning up at weekends it is a good mix, but one thing we're actually really proud of is that it's it's a slightly older demographic that have started to arrive and there's probably a little bit more women than men. And actually, as it turns out, so that we're, we're fighting against the trend because all the statistics show and the, the latest Healthy Ireland research shows that uh, less women than men are meeting the physical activity guidelines. And also, the older we get the less we exercise. So we're actually fighting against both of those trends. We're getting slightly more women at our sessions and we're getting slightly older men and women at our sessions then as well. So, I mean, average age might be in the 40s, but we have plenty of people in their 50s and 60s that come as well, as well as the 20-somethings, the you know, that are going to come and, and push themselves hard. So it's a really nice mix, but it's, it's really nice to see that trend kind of towards the older demographic. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear and that you are booking the trends and yeah. we are aware of, you know, it's frightening sometimes for people and ourselves. Sometimes we see so many reports and you're thinking, it seems you're putting such an effort in a daily basis. And sometimes you think, what is the impact that we're actually having? Yeah. And can I go back, Brian? To, so we said this Get Social Dublin Investor community is a call out to a number of different mm-hmm. target audiences. Say, we're, we're this, we are talking to you. So if I was sitting there listening to this and I could be somebody in another social enterprise, I could be somebody in the community, I could be general public, I could be, you know, part of uh, a corporate. What we're saying is, okay, as a corporate, it, it, as your employer, you can reach out for during the week yeah. because that way it would achieve the social mission. But separately then, if I was a fitness instructor mm-hmm. with my own insurance and I feel I have the capacity, even if it's only one session once a month, yeah. that you that would be a great help to you, that they could it's even huge. do it perhaps in their own area, that if they identified, then perhaps a lot of, 
personal trainers and fitness trainers start using parks anyway and have kept up a hybrid model since the pandemic. So they already have these outdoor spaces. And yep. is that mainly what it would be? Is it is it always outdoor? It's always we, We've always run outdoor, yeah, and 52 weekends of the year as well. So we do get a little bit of inclement weather uh, every now and then. But it's, the weather here isn't actually as bad, I think, as people make out. But uh, yeah, like once a month, if, if someone was interested, I mean, come, come along to one of our sessions, maybe get involved or get involved, just take part. Offer to lead a session in one of our existing locations, you know, if you like it. By the way, all the workouts are, we've got five different workouts that rotate each week. So we make it very, very easy for the leader as well. There's no kind of prep work required. The five workouts are already planned out. Uh, as I said, it's 20 minutes of intensity. Can you can do your own warm up, your own warm down, but we're done in 30 minutes. So it's 30 minutes, maybe on a Saturday or a Sunday morning of your choosing once a month, like twice a month, if you can, it'd be a huge help. And members of the public can help as well. I mean, they can volunteer maybe just to get it started. They could be a location director for, for their area. They could get some of their friends involved. They could attend some of the sessions as well. Come along, check it out, see what they're like. Um, the corporates, absolutely, if they want to get involved in some of the paid sessions during the week, happy to talk to them about that. But there's even kind of deeper partnership opportunities there from an ESG, CSR perspective. Like we're, we want to create roles. We want to create a business, a community manager uh, talk to us about partnering on that. And then, of course, government, local councils as well. They, they can help us by kind of easing the access for, for parking in local parks. Because, you know, we're not just another boot camp. There's, there's a lot more to park it than... Uh, so what you're saying, standard. what I'm hearing from this is that no matter who you are listening to this podcast, you have a part to play. And if you like and feel you could support Parkit's social mission, there is an opportunity, there's a way in for you, no matter oh, who absolutely. you are. Absolutely. We would talk to everybody. We talk because we have some we've lot, lots of our volunteers are not personal trainers and they just get involved. They want to help out in some way. Uh, it, it could be, you know, organizing, it could be doing some admin, it could be it could be anything like that. But we've I think we've we've we're close on fifty volunteers now, which is which is incredible, yeah. And Sinead, can I ask you, often what we hear about social enterprises is that they're saying, you know, it's part of the role can be very stressful is trying to grow sustainable fundraising programs or look for the corporate sponsorships for your own revenue model how are you finding this challenge who who have you found is the most supportive and what are you looking for so I suppose for Little Fitness we're like a newly startup social enterprise um, so we've been and again through a pandemic and navigating it has been a roller coaster but I suppose networking and linking in with services throughout the pandemic has really helped me now because I'm currently linked in with like Young Ballymun, Aspire, Salvation Army, Crosscare. So these organisations see the benefits and obviously get the mission that what Little Fitness wants to do for the families and children in the community and also that are living in emergency accommodation. Um, we like for me, it, it, it was about connecting with DS services and getting programs up and running, which has been brilliant um, for myself. And there's opportunities there to grow. And in particular in Dublin, there's so many um, emergency accommodations and community programs that can link in with Little Fitness. Um, and that that's that's one of the things as well that I want is in particular is the community programs to realise that Little Fitness is for all children um, and it's about giving them access to programmes that necessarily mightn't be running in their in their area um, and also creating opportunities for both the, the parents and the child. And for in the emergency accommodation, linking in with Salvation Army um, and Cross Care and Dublin South City Partnership, they have come, along, come on board and supported Little Fitness to 
go into family hubs on um, in Dublin 12. And I mean, I'm currently in a family hub at the moment running two programmes and there's 170 children in that service. And I'm running two programmes for 30 children. Like I'm not even reaching who I should be reaching and you could be running programmes every day in there. There is a need, there is a want and at the end of the day, they are children. And again, just to bring it back, it's could be your neighbour down the road. There's so many families that are in there that want to engage, that want to support. And literally, like last week, a father came over to me after the end of the class and said, um, I just want you to know that uh, you're bringing so much hope to my family. Like, a, like a man similar age to me, you know, just wow. Like, because he he saw he's seen what I was trying to do for the children. And he said, it's just, you know, we're having a difficult time. We have had a difficult time. We're a long time in this service. And what you've done for my children has just brought hope to me and my wife. So for me, that was like, OK. So is that what keeps you going? And that often that, said that, founder yes, social enterprises and, are exhausted. But you see, that's as well, like, you know, that's what companies need to hear. That's what people need to hear and see. There's families living behind them walls. There's kids living behind them walls that want to be and want to succeed as well as us all. And, you know, that does keep you going. But the children keep you going. The services linking in with Salvation Army, linking in with Crosscare, Young Ballymun, Aspire, Dublin City South Partnership. They hear what you want to do and they're like, yes, how can we help? Or what do we need to do? Either they have funding or they're looking for funding. And I mean, like absolutely amazing support, but understanding actually do you know what? I can do something here. And anybody that helps me, and I always say this, like you did this, like you helped me come to these children and give them that opportunity that they're not getting. And like, that's the other sad part because the programmes end and then I'm gone. So it's, we're talking about consistency and we talk about physical education being uh, consistent. We're not being consistent. So for me, little fitness going into a service and finishing is not good enough. And that's why I need the support of funders and corporate services to be like, OK, we know there's a hundred, like 170 children in a service. Like, what can we do for that? Like for me, I'm like, how am I going to get back in there? And I'm not even finished there yet. But in my head, OK, how can we get in there and meet another 30 children? Because they're there, they want it and they want to be part of something. And do you think, as in, you know, often we're looking at social enterprises and what they've learned from each other. And it's not for today's discussion, but something like Parkit, whereby if it was other personal trainers that may be able to say, look, you know, I do this and I'm making, that's my pure revenue model, Mm. but I would like to give something back. And so I could commit to take a class because currently what you're doing, you know, it's you're looking at revenue making opportunities. And it's a mixture of between corporate sponsorships and then how you could charge, because at the moment for your customer base the, the children you're not going to be charging them no. so it's like who else and how else this would work but also what I'm hearing you're saying is that for funding for whether it's corporate partnerships or funding streams you're looking for multi-annual funding for for longer term yeah. so that you can say I have a program but it's not just 30 out of 170 yeah. I can make real social impact yes. if I can you know, cater for all of the children yeah. in the service. Yeah and I suppose the reality is um, you know there's currently 9,099 people that are homeless, that singular homeless and family homelessness. And out of that, we have our 2,548. And, you know, for for Ireland, the reality is, is 
we have emergency accommodations that were built for, we're only going to have them for five years and they're still here. And the other thing, them 170 children that are living in the family home over in Dublin 12, that was only set up in 2020, July 2020. So for me, I'm like, okay, what can I do here? But what are we doing wrong there as well, that there's so many families there? But you have to look at that and say, if we're placing families in the these services, we need to be providing something for them, be it little fitness, be it other activities going in there. But we have to make, if a parent doesn't have the self-worth to go and join a parquet class, how are the children meant to have the self-worth? And like little fitness is coming in there and not only helping the families, they're helping the parents. And that's the feedback that you get from the parents. And when you're bringing hope and an adult can come and say to you, you're bringing hope to my family, like, that's amazing because that's what I want them to feel that yes, you're going through a difficult time, but you will come through it and little fitness will help, you know, that hour to get you through or have that breakaway. So yeah, it's well, really often in, in community work and development work in enterprise and social enterprise, I have witnessed that people often will struggle to make that change that we're hoping and wishing for them mm. or sometimes struggle to make it for themselves, but they'll make it for their child. So it's that what I'm understanding is that the parents, sometimes they're seeing the benefits of this and then perhaps them wanting to be a better role model from a physical sense, not in any other way and not yeah. in a judgmental way, that they will perhaps want to continue on that exercise. So it may actually encourage them to engage 100%, in exercise yeah, themselves. And 100% because Little Fitness is educational. So we do muscles, we do skills, and then we do all, all in a fun element, but it's educational because I want to engage the children, not just because how fast they are, but also it's good to be part of a fitness program. You learn little things, I'm hoping some coaches or some physiotherapists, you know, that's what you want because there's some amazing children that I've come across and they they deserve them opportunities and they deserve to be given access to the to these programs. They don't feel, you know, that they're part of a community. And what Little Fitness does then, if by linking in with Little Fitness and then placed into the community, it opens them up to the parent feeling Yes, he did a little fitness. I know he can go down to the GAA. I know I can go to Parkit and then let him go and do this. So it's building that confidence mm, for the that parents. That it might be like a bridge or a yes. platform to engaging in other community yes. activities. And, and sometimes and we hear, on. well, these services are all there, but you're not realising yes. that maybe it could be neurodiversity, yes. it could be a physical disability, yes. or it can quite be something in that the family yeah. have never engaged yeah. in community and feel a bit yeah. intimidated or the sports gear that you'd need or yeah. not having the right kind of football boots or whatever it is. Yeah, and that's important because pa- parents feel and particularly fa- parents that are living in marriage accommodation feel isolated and feel like nobody cares and the reality is is we do care there is people trying to do things and um, maybe we just need to push a little bit harder and that's why I'm delighted to be part of this because it it, it brings little fitness to the forefront um, and just getting that guest social Dublin out there it means that people within Dublin will start realising actually there's what can I do there to help how can I get involved? And yes, I am a woman one show at the moment, but there's potential for Little Fitness and there's a potential to grow within the community and linking in with other services. And that that's important to me because that's, I need to meet all these children that are in these services and within the community. So, And what you've both touched on is that we've talked about partnerships between corporates and social enterprises. And I know that both of you from a revenue side, you know, what we're putting the call out to corporates is from a financial side, Mm. how they can get involved and support and that they will see and help you to achieve your social mission. But I know that you've both also said to me that it's not just about 
the financial side is about identifying shared goals mm. and values. Mm-hmm. And how do you find that with corporates and others? Is is it easy for you to articulate and say, because it's so hard and that people often, they'll get emotionally involved because yeah. they'll hear this story and mm. think, how are they achieving that? And then how can I get involved? Yeah. And often in social enterprises, a lot of time they've been founded by people that it's something that's very close to their mm. own heart. It might be themselves. It might be a family member. It might be a friend. They've seen where there's gaps and what's being provided and said, I'm going to, you know, I found yeah. a solution. And sometimes in the initial stages, that solution isn't profitable. But if given the right time and support, it certainly can be. Mm. And it often is a service that is much needed. How do you think from that side, as in if I was a corporate listening, what else can they do? What would make your lives easier? Like if it was people like to, to call them to action after this, to get off, listen to this podcast and think like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. What would help? So for me, look, I mean, I think financially, and delivering the programs, that's key because, you know, um, ideally I, w- I, I would want to take that worry away from the children, from the services and at least know that you're running in. But also like helping with HR, help with social media, that kind of um, business savvy as well, driving your business like that as well is really beneficial to me and know that that can support me. So Yes, right. The financial side is one thing, but also corporate business could get involved in relation to actually, Sinead, we could do this and a new a new direction or new, you know, development, but also staying on the path of actually this, these are the children that we need to meet. We're doing this. And then how can we be across Dublin? How can we be national? Um, and uh, like there's great and, and there is people out there that are doing it within corporate services. So, um. I, I know that they're they're willing to do it. It's just picking and being connected with the right person to drive and help drive you move forward. Yeah, to find, it's more about identifying the right collaborations yes. and that a number of social yeah. enterprises said we've been offered numerous but it didn't fit with our yeah. ethos and yeah. we didn't, you know, we need to be very clear that we're staying true to our yeah. own social mission and that we're not being forced into doing something yeah. else. It's not being ungrateful, but yeah. it's trying to achieve the social mission they set out. Brian, what would you have to say about that? Yeah, well, I think we're in a fortunate position. I think we can offer a real partnership to uh, organisations uh, with Parkit. So one from the well-being side of things, especially for the well-being of their own colleagues, and there's a big drive in a lot of organisations to promote health and well-being of their own staff. So let's say they partner with Parkit. We can train, uh, we can skill up a lot of their leaders, let's say 10, 15, 20 people, put their hand up to volunteer to be Parkit leaders in your organisation. We can train them up in the Parkit workouts, uh, they can be insured on under the parkit insurance policy to lead. Now they they need to do something internal themselves, but they can lead those classes for them for their colleagues internally. Let's say if they have a space there inside or outside, but then those same colleagues then will be insured under the parkit policy to come to one of our existing parks and lead a session at the weekend. Then as well, lead one of our five parkit workouts. So the the organisation is kind of helping to promote a bit of well being amongst their colleagues. But also they're able to, these colleagues then, if they choose, can also volunteer at the weekend and give back to their local communities wherever they live as well. So that's a real kind of partnership there. Okay. And something else that's come up in a number of the other podcasts, we're talking about the awareness, the visibility, the funding and creating effective partnerships. And that at all levels, collaboration is a key step towards tackling these challenges. So how do you find as social enterprises, do you exchange knowledge and experience with others? Like who has been key overall in other is it talking to other social enterprises is it from other businesses that you've seen the model and said look we want we'd like this bit but not this bit because mm-hmm. then we wouldn't what has been like if you were talking to 
other social enterprises or if you're talking to other people that may think, I'd love this, but you think, don't set up something to compete with us. Come and join us on our journey that there's other ways, like as in for both of you, I understand to scale, Mm -hmm. you'll need volunteers Mm -hmm. or and you might need volunteers that actually are professionals in their field that are willing to give something back. So you're not asking them to set up their own social enterprise, but instead to commit X amount of hours to yourselves and that will help you achieve your social mission. So overall, what is it networking? Is it what has been really beneficial to you on your journey? Um, I would say the networking and um, programs being run through the Dublin uh, City Partnership and the CCOP program. Like I got to meet some amazing um, and social enterprises there and have linked in with them, um, which is look, it's great to chat, to be able to talk things out and realise you're not alone Mm -hmm. and that you're not Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not really bad, you know, or I'm not really I, I, I should be struggling there. but. Yes, you're you're tipping away, and that's like that's comforting in a way because sometimes it can be overwhelming and it has been overwhelming. I think for everybody through the pandemic and navigating through that, and then also like, do you continue? How will I go? You know, and as the country was opening up, like okay, everybody was off the bat and kind of going, okay, we need to do this, need to do this. So it's about looking after yourself also, but just staying focused on what you want to do and how you want to drive your programme. Um, but yeah, like networking and again, for me, linking in with Young Ballymun and Aspire, that was true programmes that I'd been on and um, linking in with Linda, the CEO from Aspire. We were on the CCOP programme together and um yeah, we got chatting. Um, like when I was when we were chatting, did I think we were going to be collaborating? But we are, and we're running a beautiful program, um, which is really beneficial for both children and families. So, yeah, it, it's great. Um, and really proud of the fact that like that we've come together and we're able to offer this for um families and children that are on the autistic spectrum, um, because they are as well. Again children have a right to physical activity that is in our that is in the law like you know so we we should be providing them services and allowing children to access them and be able to feel that they're part of wherever they're from or whatever their background or disability or what they they feel they can or can't do you have to create that opportunity you have to give the to a child to be able to say actually that wasn't as bad you know or you know I, I gave it a go and again an example I had a child there the other day and before sessions I always do pre and post moods so how they're feeling so the child had said she was sad and I asked her why she was sad and she said she just didn't want to be here I don't like physical activity so this is our fourth session so I was like that's okay because it is okay to have them feelings because one you're being honest but true that's how some people see physical activity not as a child just as a child but as an adult so I said well that's fine hopefully by the end we'll have changed that and you'll be able to tell me you're happy and you can do your smiley face and at the end of the class smiley face and yeah I really enjoyed that and that's like I mean there again that's something then that you're like you know what I'm so glad she came because she actually thought I think I was going to test her or was going to be but it was fun it was child appropriate and she got to do different animals like she participated from the start to finish so for me in my eyes I was like well done that's amazing for somebody that's saying I don't like physical activity. And that you're aware that this might be the first time a child is engaging and that they may not have multiple opportunities you know where people might presume are and somewhere else it may not have been as open as inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Brian if I could ask you with something else that had come up about that often potential partners are not in a position to take ownership of a programme, but they can make a positive difference. 
who else would you be calling out to in that way that, you know, you might not be saying, look, I need you to run a whole programme or in that I'm very interested in the community leaders and that where yeah. after the pandemic, we've had a huge amount of really positive goodwill. People are realising we have a lot of entrenched problems and they feel how we're dealing with them perhaps isn't working, but then they're seeing social enterprise and seeing the impact. How would you like to talk to us about that as in what could help? What else in the community setting would help you? So it's just all, all the supports around the you know, community supports have been huge, but I think Parkhead is, is all about people. And I, I think I noticed early on, well, it's really important to have a kind of a group of fully qualified personal trainers that are coaches there. Those guys are almost moving to be kind of mentors in the Parkhead community now. So we, we actually, thanks to, and I echo exactly what, what Sinead said there about the, the importance of the networking. And we've had amazing support from ICE, Inner City Enterprise. And thanks to them, they, they encouraged us to apply for the Dublin City Social Enterprise Awards last year, which we won. And uh, the, f- the funding from that actually, and it was exactly almost down to the last cent, covered uh, what well, we, we started something called Parkhead Community Leader Programme. And it was that programme. So we had uh, 23 people who were regular attendees at Parkhead Sessions and they weren't qualified fitness professionals, but they did know their 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 elbow from their from their backside, let's say, but then they were regular attendees. They were passionate about their community, and they volunteered to come on the community leader program. So they did the training uh, with me. We had a few online sessions. We had a few in person sessions, just looking at some of the moves because it's only the five workouts. So they are now, thanks to that funding, they are fully qualified. So fully qualified to lead park hit sessions in one of our six locations. And they're fully insured to do that as well. So that's an extra 23 people that we've got added to the roster now to cover that. So it's doing, I think that will happen again. We will do another run of community leaders kind of training. Uh, so people getting together in their local communities, maybe get three or four people, because it's not fair to ask one person to lead and run a session on their own every single weekend. So if you can get three or four people together, ideally there'll be one, at least one personal trainer in there who could be like a mentor for that group. But then you've got a nice community there. You can share the load. One person takes one week, one person takes the next. What we find out, to be honest, is, you know, I might be leading one week, but all of the community, like, like four or five community leaders as taking part in the work of their attendees, like they come because they enjoy it because they like it. You know, it's not a burden. It's not a chore to come and, and, and do the workout or, or to take part in the workout. But that's how we're going to grow and scale. And if we can get those leaders in each little location and kind of train them up, skill them up, support them, and then it almost becomes kind of autonomous and it kind of runs itself. Thank you. The other comment that I often hear back is that people do accept that sport and active lifestyles demonstrate that it can be a binding agent for many wider social issues in the community. So people come to participate in sport but then there's all that ripple effect that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to say that, you know, we know that sports impact on the community and we've heard about the value of interweaving sport with health, social inclusion and local economic development. And it's becoming accepted. But what else have you witnessed that you can see? What do you think if it was anyone that has the power or influence to change, what would you see as the biggest obstacles for on a daily basis for you achieving your social mission? And then in the broader context, whether that's, funding, whether it's support, what else are you finding that like as you spot opportunities or gaps, what would help you for somebody listening now? I would say a big thing would be if we're approaching, is it councils, is it government officials, is it ministers that, you know, you kind of lead with saying, look, we're a social enterprise. We're not a for-profit business here. Everything, we, every bit of revenue we generate will be going back into 
the enterprise and back into the community. So you see all those, all that bureaucracy there, all that paperwork that all the other businesses have to fill out. We're a social enterprise. Give us the one page social enterprise form and we'll fill that out instead. And look, open the door for us and, and make life that little bit easier because there, there is this is a different category of organization here. We're doing a social good. We're generating a lot of good uh, goodwill and good initiative and hopefully revenue and jobs and employment in local communities. So open that door for us. Yeah, so 100% what Brian <laughs> said there. But like he's right though because we are a social enterprise and, and when government or when corporates or when local councils look at us they have to see actually what we're actually doing is is benefiting the community but also bringing the communities together and making people feel actually, do you know what? It's not bad here or I enjoy living here or I enjoy like being out on the whether it's with park here or I enjoy going to the community centre where Little Fitness is. I like going to their shops, whatever. It's about bringing the community together and people getting to know each other. And you, I think we've lost that and uh, particularly through the pandemic. So, yeah, we are doing a hell of a lot for our communities and I think um, people need to realise like we work hard we're not like oh we'll just stand up and, and in particular because we do fitness that it's like oh yeah it just rhymes off no there's a lot of work that goes into the classes um, and in particular both plan programmes for both children and Parker have for the adults like so it, it, it's not it's just as simple as that and like we put a lot of time of effort into it because we know we're doing good and because I believe in little fitness and I'm sure and here in Brian, I know he believes in parquet. So you have to believe in what you're doing and people need to realise, actually, do you know what? 100% I want to help help these guys. How are we going to do it? I would like to thank Sinead and Brian for taking the time to explain to us the gap that they had both spotted and the creative solutions they came up with and how exercise can be a conduit to so many social benefits and is making a huge impact in people's lives every day. Thank you for listening to Get Social Dublin, Invest in Your Community. If you'd like to listen back to any of our episodes, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.